Salutations, listeners. You are listening to another episode of the Dr. Jazz Podcast. And I'm your host, Nathan Holloway, your doctor for jazz. And it is our mission here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast to cure whatever it is that ails you through the power and the majesty of jazz music. Now, in this episode, we have a two-part spotlight on one of uh, the great guitarists in jazz, in more modern jazz history, actually. Um, He's a very tasteful soloist. He has uh, a number of records under his own name, but he has also been a sideman for quite an extraordinary array of modern jazz legends and modern jazz musicians. And that guitarist that we are featuring is none other than the great John Abercrombie. I was first introduced to John Abercrombie's music through my jazz professor in college, Dr. Culver, and I haven't been the same since because I've truly learned to appreciate all the different facets of John Abercrombie's music and all of his collaborations. So we are splitting this spotlight into two parts. This is part one, in which we're going to focus on John Abercrombie as the musical leader in these 21 selections. Part two will focus on uh, 21 of John Abercrombie's collaborations that he's had with some of the greats within the, the jazz world. And it goes all the way back, I believe, to 1968. So, yeah, quite a long time. So, with that being said, over 50 years. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, with that being said, this is part one of the two-part John Abercrombie Spotlight. Thank you for listening. Now, let's get to some beautiful music.
So that was Sorcery One, which comes from the album Gateway from 1976. And it features, of course, John Abercrombie on the guitar, Dave Holland on the bass, and the great Jack DeJeanette on the drums. And it was on the ECM label. In fact, we're going to talk a little bit about that, but all of the songs in this past set that you just heard or from the ECM label. Before that, we heard the guitar duo of John Abercrombie with Ralph Towner. And it comes from his, or their, 1976 album, Sargasso Sea, which is a gorgeous album. 
uh, we heard the the first track, Fable. That is the very first track on Sargasso Sea, and it's just it just puts you right in that mood to just keep searching and keep listening for the entirety of the album. So, if you dig that, uh, by all means, check out Sargasso Sea by John Abercrombie and Ralph Towner. There's a lot of great empathy going on in that record. And then we started off the whole set with Timeless from the 1975 album by the same name that features John Abercrombie on the guitar, Jan Hammer on the keyboards and organ, and again, the great Jack DeJanet on drums. Timeless was John Abercrombie's first album on ECM from 1975. Um, a little bit of, of a backstory on John Abercrombie, in case you're unfamiliar. He was born December 16, 1944, in New York. Um, he grew up in Greenwich, Connecticut, uh, throughout the 50s, and he was not just a jazz fan. He was also very attracted to rock and roll. And he he was listening to like Chuck Berry and Elvis and Bill Haley and the Comets and Fats Domino, um, but it wasn't just rock and roll. There was it wasn't just jazz and it wasn't just rock. It was a combination of both. Um, he also liked uh, the sound of jazz guitarist Mickey Baker um, from the duo Mickey and Sylvia. And he also had some friends who were musicians with very large jazz collections. And they played him songs by like Miles Davis and Dave Brubeck. And the very first jazz guitar album he ever heard was by Barney Kessel, the great jazz guitar player from The Pole Winners with Shelly Mann and Ray, Ray Brown. Those are some great albums. Um, he took guitar lessons by the age of 10. And he asked his teacher to show him what Barney Kessel was playing. <laughs> so you can imagine uh, a 10-year-old boy, you know, going, yeah, 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 scales. But uh, t teach me what Barney Kessel's doing. That's, w that's what I want to learn. <laughs> um, so after high school, he went to Berkeley, the Berkeley College of Music in Boston. And it was while he was at Berkeley that he was compelled to the music of Jim Hall. Uh, particularly the 1962 album, The Bridge, in which Jim Hall is an integral part of Sonny Rollins' group. I mean, that that kind of rhythm and that kind of empathy between Jim Hall and Sonny Rollins is very palpable. And I can imagine being, you know, that age where you just soak things up like a sponge and hearing that, yeah, I would be really turned on to that too if I were a guitar player because being a saxophone player I can tell you that I was turned on to that album uh, but besides Jim Hall's music and Barney Kessel's music and Sonny Rollins um, he was also attracted to Wes Montgomery's music uh, albums like Boss Guitar, the Wes Montgomery Trio uh, and he also says that George Benson and Pat Martino were some inspirations to him on the guitar he often played with other students at Paul's Mall, a jazz club in Boston, connected to a larger jazz club, the Jazz Workshop. Uh, appearing at Paul's Mall led to meetings with 
the Brecker brothers, Randy and Michael Brecker, as well as organist Johnny Hammond Smith, who invited him to go on tour. Uh, but we're going to talk more about that in the other podcast, part two, where we talk about his work as a sideman. But that's just a little bit of a backstory to kind of get you started. Um, yeah, and we're going to get to some more music now because I I don't want to take up too much time talking. The focus should be on Abercrombie's beautiful music. So thank you for listening. Remember, you can check us out on our website, Dr. Jazz Podcast, D-R-J-A-Z-Z Podcast.wordpress.com. You can also subscribe to the Dr. Jazz Podcast through Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And lastly, you can follow us on Twitter to make sure you know when all of the newest Dr. Jazz podcasts hit. And our handle there is at NDHJazz. We look forward to you following us. Now let's get back to some more music.
Arcade from the album of the same name. Arcade from 1979, the John Abercrombie Quartet. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Um, yeah, and that also featured, by the way, in that last track, Richie Byrock um, on piano. Man, I just I love Richie Byrock's playing and his writing. It's so it's so cool. And um bassist George Mraz as well as drummer Peter Donald. That was the John Abercrombie Quartet. Yep, from their 1979 album Arcade. Before that we heard a tune called Blue. And that is from the Gateway Trio again, which is John Abercrombie on guitar, Jack DeJeanette on the drums, and Dave Holland on the bass. Uh, three legends right there. And that comes from their album Gateway 2, which is the sequel to the first Gateway album that we heard in the first set. This one was recorded in 1978. Um... Yeah, and just a lot of great music. I mean, th- when these three guys get together, they really can do no wrong. I mean, it's just—it's like they three—they they, the three of them just share a brain, and the music is just fantastic. Um, then we opened up the set uh, with a tune called "Parable" from the 1977 album "Characters," and "Characters" is actually one of my favorite John Abercrombie albums, period. Just every tune is a gem. And, you know, whenever I do these kind of podcasts that are like a spotlight, what I try to do is, it's so hard, I'm trying to give uh, a full span of different things, you know. That's why some of them have like two parts and three parts in the spotlight, is because I'm trying to show... uh, their supportive work as a side as a sideman on a, a lot of these great albums that are connected to jazz legends or their legendary songs or the legendary albums. But then the other part of that is that I'm trying to show a wide array of their own output. I could have easily chose half the album just from characters alone. Um, because every track is just so good. But that's not giving you a broad view uh, of of Abercrombie's output. <clears throat> so what it is, is I'm trying to, I, I try to find one of my favorite tracks per each album, and that gives a wider scope. So, you know, I, I, I do it for you. There you go, the great listeners, and to hip you to some Abercrombie, because just because Characters is one of my favorite albums, that doesn't mean that it's one of your favorite albums. I mean, you may like, you know, November, or you may like Night, and that's that's okay. Um, so I'm trying to give a very broad view. So there you go. Um, let's let's talk about this for a little bit, just because John Abercrombie, those last three albums were also on ECM Records. <clears throat> and, you know, the 
the thing about it is um, he was on the road with Billy Cobham, which we're going to talk about more in the Sideman episode, the part two of the spotlight into John Abercrombie. But he, he just, he wasn't happy where he was at in his career. And he was kind of asking himself, like, what am I doing here? Like, what is this, you know? And so he got an invitation from Jack DeJanette, um to start a more jazz-oriented ensemble. And that ensemble w- consisted of Jack and John Abercrombie and Dave Holland, which became the Gateway Band. And that was formed in 1975. Now, at the exact same time, 1975, Manfred Eicher from ECM Records contacted John Abercrombie and invited him to record an album, his first solo album under his own name, and that is what became Timeless, the Timeless album with Jack DeJanette and Jan Hammer. Now, the cool thing is that Jan Hammer had actually been John Abercrombie's roommate in the 1960s. So, um, 1975 was really the big turning point year for John Abercrombie. He was invited to ECM Records, and he started the Gateway Band with Jack DeJanette and Dave Holland. And we've heard from Gateway and Gateway 2, you know, albums just in those first two sets. And although he would record for other labels going forward, the ECM record label became Abercrombie's mainstay. And his association with the ECM records continued for the rest of his career. So that's something to be said right there. So most of the the tracks that we're going to hear are actually from ECM records, which means that they have a very high quality of sound and um, superb artistry. That's what you can count on every time you listen to ECM records. So even to this day. Um, yeah. So anyway, enough talking, kind of giving you a backstory on to, uh, John Abercrombie there. Let's get to some more music. You're listening to the Dr. Jazz podcast.
So that is Isla, I-S-L-A, Isla, from the 1981 duo album, Five Years Later, which is the probably least creative title that you could come up with, but there you have it. And it was the repairing of John Abercrombie in a duo setting of two guitars with Ralph Towner. And... Um, yeah, it's just, it's, the whole thing is beautiful, you know. Ralph Towner is a great pianist and a great guitarist and a great writer. And um, he's somebody who's very unsung and underrated as well. Unfortunately, you know, John is not with us anymore, but he is definitely, I would say, an underrated and unsung hero of the music. And Ralph is too, you know, and if you enjoy uh, tracks like Isla uh, or tracks like Fable from Sargasso's Sea, then you may actually enjoy and you should check out some of Ralph Towner's solo things as well as um, the work that he's done with Oregon. There's a group called Oregon that has like Colin Walcott and Paul McCandless and stuff, and... um, yeah, it's just, it's incredible music. I mean, it's not, 
swinging. I mean, it's not Count Basie, you know what I'm saying? But um, the umbrella is big enough. The world, the jazz world is big enough to coexist with beautiful um, natural melodies and, you know, like the kind that John Abercrombie provide and like the kind that uh, Ralph Towner does too. So, as well as Count Basie and Louis Armstrong. I mean, I love those guys too. Um, so, yeah. But anyway, that was Isla, and it comes from the second duo album from Ralph Towner and John Abercrombie, entitled Five Years Later, which is exactly right. The first one, Sargasso Sea, is from 1976, and this one is from 1981. And it's probably two guys sitting around, you know, going, I don't know, what do you want to call it? I don't know. Well, it's been five years. Well, let's just call it five years later. Okay. And then there it is. But before that, we heard um, one of my favorite tunes from the John John Abercrombie Quartet. Um, Of course, that's Peter Donald on the guitar, George Mraz on the bass, John Abercrombie on the guitar, and the multi-talented Richie Byrock um, on the piano. And by the way, providing a hell of a great intro, just a beautiful piano intro to that tune, Veils. Um, from the 1980 album M, as in Dal M for Murder. Yeah, M is just the name of the album. And I don't know, there's something about it that it's a very haunting, uh, feather like melody, but the, the, the grounding, the, the, like the whole feel of that tune, to me at least. <clears throat> sounds like it, it could be a Coltrane tune. Like, I would love to hear, um, like, uh, I don't know, like that same kind of vibe, but like with a tenor saxophone or a soprano saxophone and that very Coltrane style. Kind of thing like Lonnie's Lament, that kind of vibe. But with that track, Veils, you know? Like, that's, I don't know, maybe it's just being a saxophone player, you know? But anyway... I feel a very strong Coltrane vibe from that, and that is one of my all-time favorite tracks associated with John Abercrombie. And then we open up the set with another beautiful tune. Um, that's just it's it's a, it's a pulsation kind of tune. It's like do 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 do, and it's called Riddles. And it was from the John Abercrombie Quartet album, the John Abercrombie Quartet. Another creative title from 1979 on the ECM label. And that as well is all four members of the quartet. Peter Donald on the on the drums, George Mraz on the bass, Richie Byrock on the piano, and John Abercrombie on guitar. Now, that being said, if that kind of music sounds completely different than some of the stuff that we heard in previous sets with like Gateway <laughs> with Dijonette, Holland, and Abercrombie. That's you're, you, you are correct. Your assumptions are correct because the Gateway trio, they play more in a free style, more of a collective improvisation um, approach to their music. But with the John Abercrombie Quartet, that sounds different because um, it would be considered, quote-unquote, more traditional. 
even though to me it sounds fantastic. Uh, I wouldn't call it traditional because it's not like they're playing all of me. You know what I mean? But um, they recorded three albums with the quartet, uh, 1979's Arcade, which we heard from, 1979's The John Abercrombie Quartet, which we heard riddles from in this last set, and the album M from 1980 with the the track Veils that we heard. So, um, but John Abercrombie is quoted as saying, it was extremely important to have that group. It was my first opportunity to really be a leader and write consistently for the same group of musicians. So during the mid-1970s and into the 1980s, Abercrombie contributed to ensembles led by Jack DeJeanette and participated in other sessions for the ECM record label, occasionally doubling on electric mandolin. He toured with guitarist Ralph Towner, with whom he recorded two albums, Sargasso Sea in 1976, which we heard from, and Five Years Later in 1981, which we just heard from Isla to end that set. During the mid-1980s, he continued to play standards with the bassist George Mraz, who was part of his quartet, and he played in a bop duo with guitarist John Schofield. He also appeared on a number of ECM releases in various ensembles with other artists on the label. Between 1984 and 1990, during this six-year period, John Abercrombie experimented with the guitar synthesizer. He first used the instrument, though not exclusively, in 1984 in a trio with bassist Mark Johnson and drummer Peter Erskine, as well as with pianist Paul Blay and a free jazz group. The synthesizer allowed him to play what he called louder and more open music. Abercrombie's trio with Mark Johnson and Peter Erskine released three albums during this time showcasing guitar synth. Current Events from 1986, Getting There from 1988, and a live album, John Abercrombie, Mark Johnson, Peter Erskine, in 1989. And so with that being said, that is a perfect segue into our next set of music in which we will hear some of those albums and definitively some guitar synthesizer. So, hope you're listening. Stay seated. Don't go anywhere. The music's about to take an interesting turn. You're listening to the Dr. Jazz Podcast.
Ride, such a gorgeous tune. That's a tune called Remember Him, H-Y-M-N, like a church hymn, Remember Him, uh, from the 1987 ECM album Getting There, which, let's see, features... Mark Johnson on the bass, Peter Erskine on the drums, John Abercrombie on guitar, and special guest, saxophonist Michael Brecker. And it's it's a tender ballad, the, the only the way that Brecker can play it. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in the era of you know, Michael Brecker being the end-all, be-all saxophone player. So, um, yeah, and I still have a, a soft spot, especially for when Brecker really just tugs at your heartstrings like he does in that tune, Remember Him. Uh, but like I said, it's from the ECM album Getting There from 1987. Before that, we heard the exact, exact same rhythm section of John Abercrombie on synth guitar, Mark Johnson on bass, and Peter Erskine on drums from their 1986 ECM album, Current Events, we heard Clint, and which is this almost like world music pop sounding thing, you know. But what's really interesting is, I don't know if you could, if you were paying attention, but at the end of that track, there's like this weird whistle on the background. There's <laughs> <was> like, <whistles> and it's it's the strangest thing. So uh, it gets me every time. And then we started off the set with the 1984 classic Ethereggae uh, from John Abercrombie's album Night. Now, not a lot of people talk about this album, but it features John Abercrombie on synth guitar and Jack DeJunette on drums, Jan Hammer on the organ and keyboards, and Michael Brecker, again, um, on the tenor saxophone. And, yeah, it was a bookend of Brecker, so there you go. But this is from 1984, which is interesting in, in a couple of aspects, and not a lot of people talk about this. It's almost 10 years removed from uh, Abercrombie's first solo album, Timeless, which was the exact same rhythm section. It was Jan Hammer on the keys, Jack DeJunette on the drums, and Abercrombie on the guitar. So what changed? Because the very first track that we heard, Timeless, is completely different than what we heard with Ethereggae. And in fact, the whole album is different than Timeless. So, so the question is begged: What had what what changed in a matter of nine years? Knocking on the door of ten years. Well, one time. Two, the addition of Michael Brecker on the session, which he was not on the Timeless session, but he was on the entire session for the album Night. So. What else? Surely Brecker can't, you know, change the whole landscape like that just by being an addition. 
So I think as also the addition of the guitar synthesizer. I think it's also the addition of Abercrombie playing in less free jazz oriented kind of groups like Gateway because that's where he was at at the time. He was kind of fed up with anything fusion-y and he was looking for more explore, exploratory groups like Gateway and like his first album, Timeless. So time and sensibility, sound, and and having an, an additional person like Brecker on the session. All those things add up to the fact that um, Abercrombie had to feel comfortable before he went in a different direction, you know. And he had known, like I said, Jan Hammer. They were roommates in the 60s. He has known Jack for forever for, you know, playing on Jack's albums and, and, and the Gateway Group. And Jack was a drummer, you know, on his first album along with Jan. And then he, uh, as I told you before, he knew Brecker from the Paul's Mall days in Boston when he was a student at Berkeley. So there you go. So he has all these guys that he's very comfortable with. And he's got some great compositions for this album. Um, and yeah, I mean, and my God, can we just take a quick second to say what a gorgeous solo Brecker laid on that track. I mean, you could, that's one of the solos that you could literally pin words to in a vocalese thing. Dum dum, I mean, and Jack's just killing it with that that reggae beat behind, man. Just God bless, it's so great. It's one of those tracks that just make you love music, you know. Um, and that was actually. Uh, even if you don't particularly love it, that's okay. You know, it's totally your prerogative. We can coexist in the world. But that was my very first track. That is the very first track on the 1984 album, Night. And that was my very first intro into John Abercrombie's music. And it was with that solo of Michael Brecker. And I just, man, I just loved it from that moment on. Like, that's still one of, got a soft spot in my heart. So, Yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. Once again, you can find the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can find the Dr. Jazz Podcast on wherever you find your podcast. so please subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And if you're trying to like make notes of what albums and what songs you like and what songs you don't like, we've already done all that work for you. Just go to the website, Dr. Jazz Podcast, drjazzpodcast.wordpress.com and find information for every episode with album art and song titles and artists listed. So you can go and support these wonderful musicians and their estates and these great record labels like ECM Records by buying these albums. Okay. Uh, please support these artists, you know, especially during this time. Uh, also, you can follow us at Twitter so you know when the new podcast episodes drop that you can follow us at NDH Jazz. Okay? So thank you for listening. Let's get to some more great music from John Abercrombie.
beautiful tune called Dolorosa, which is from the John Abercrombie Organ Trio. <coughs> That's right. And that consists of Dan Wall on the organ, um, Adam Nussbaum on the drums, and John Abercrombie, of course, on the guitar. And that comes from the 1992 album on ECM, While We're Young. And uh, just a minute before we move on from that, there were some critics when Abercrombie came out with this organ trio who said, well, yeah, this is a nice effort, but this is just him trying to get this out of his system, and thank God it's only going to be like one album, and then we're done with this phase of John Abercrombie. Well, that was not true, because he actually made three albums. He made While We're Young in 1992, Speak of the Devil in 1994, and an album called Tactics in 1997. And this all started um, when, in 1992, Abercrombie and Nussbaum are actually making a free jazz organ album with organist Jeff Palmer. And from that point on, I don't know if it's the fact that um, he felt like Abercrombie felt like he he got along better with Dan Wall, or the fact that Jeff Palmer didn't want to do um, organ trio records in the same vein the way that Abercrombie did. But regardless, um, there is some beautiful music in that organ trio format um, between Tactics, Speak of the Devil, and While We're Young. Um, all three with Abercrombie on guitar, Dan Wall on the organ, and Adam Nussbaum on um, drums. Now, before that, we actually heard a tune called Agitato, and it comes from the 1990 album Animato, not to be confused. The album is called Animato, and the tune is called Agitato, and that is John Abercrombie with John Christensen and Vince Mendoza, the great Vince Mendoza. Um... It is by far one of the most different tunes in all of the John Abercrombie catalog, but I dig it. I dig the urgency of it and the freneticism of it. Um, yeah, and it's worth mentioning. So if you dig uh, Vince Mendoza, then uh, get you some on that album, Animato, 1990. And then we open up the set with... Um, the 1989 trio of John Abercrombie, Mark Johnson, and Peter Erskine. And that's the name of the album. <laughs> it's a live album simply called John Abercrombie, Mark Johnson, Peter Erskine. And we heard um, Samurai Hee Haw. Can't make it up. That's the real name of it. Samurai Hee Haw. And... Um, yeah, it's there's some gorgeous standards on the album, but that is one of the standout tracks for me because of the melody, the melodic content, and just for the fact that, I don't know, it, it's such a cool tune. Just, you know, um, 
the empathy that they have over it and the groove and the kind of mixing of styles really you've got you've got you know this kind of like um, eastern sound to it you know and you've got this kind of hee-haw quality to it as well you know um, yeah just the, the great meshing of two worlds two complete opposite worlds yeah so and that actually reminds me that there is a great um, video that's out there uh, called John Abercrombie Live at the Village Vanguard in which he is actually playing with that trio of um, Mark Johnson and Peter Erskine and Michael Brecker is actually comes in on the gig as well and that's one of the tunes that they're playing is Samurai Hee Haw um, hold on have to get it here from the DVD collection yeah Peter Erskine Mark Johnson Michael Brecker John Abercrombie and it is from Live at the Village Vanguard Volume 3 on the Unicorn Video Performance Series yeah and they play Hippityville Samurai Hee Haw Even Steven Look Around Night and Four on Four some great tunes from um, that album that we just heard for that trio and for um, tunes that come from the album Night that had uh, Michael Brecker on it as well. And then while we're at it, I also want to mention a great documentary on the great John Abercrombie that just came out relatively recently, uh, 2018, on ECM DVDs, and it's called Open Land. Meeting John Abercrombie, a film by Arno O'Eri and Oliver Primus. And, um, yeah, it's just, it was made right before um, John passed. And um, if you want some more info on that, go to ecmrecords.com or abercrombiefilm.com. It's a 90-minute film, and um, there was a point in time where, you know, John Abercrombie was saying, I'm a jazz musician. What do you want to make a movie about me for? <laughs> and in John's very self-deprecating way, you know. Uh, but he is uh, a legend to me and to a lot of other uh, jazz lovers. So that's why we're doing this very special spotlight on the great John Abercrombie. Uh, thank you for listening. We do have one, two more sets left, so thanks for sticking around. Remember, this is a two-part uh, spotlight. This is part one, where John Abercrombie is being featured as the leader, and part two, which will follow, is focusing on John Abercrombie as a great sideman with some of the greats in the jazz world, so stay tuned for that. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. Let's get to some more music.
in the moment. The reunion of the Gateway Trio. John Abercrombie guitar, Dave Holland bass, Jack DeJanette drums comes from one of their reunion albums in 1996 called In the Moment. And that was the title track, In the Moment. Before that, we heard the very first reunion album of the Gateway Trio of Abercrombie, Holland, and DeJanette. And that we heard, the track that we heard was How's Never. And that comes from the 1995 Gateway Trio album Homecoming, both on the ECM label. And then we heard Rise and Fall to start out that set from the 1993 album November, which features the, by this point in time, famous John Abercrombie Trio of Abercrombie on guitar, Mark Johnson on the bass, Peter Erskine on the drums, and they're joined by Reed Mann, John Sermon, another ECM stalwart and legend on the label. Uh, he, John Sermon is a master at um the saxophones, all the saxophones, soprano, alto, tenor, barry sax, and all of the clarinets as well, uh, particularly the bass clarinet. That man has a hell of a sound on the bass clarinet that just, oh, and that's what we got to hear on that track, Rise and Fall. It, it sounds, uh, I hate to use the word cinematic because it's so cliche, but that's really what it sounded like. Um, with this kind of like hammer-on ostinato thing that Abercrombie had going on in the beginning of that track. That yeah, it's just so cool. Sounds like it could have been a part of a, of a Hitchcock film or something, you know? I don't know. Um, but yeah, great, great stuff. Uh, remember... You are listening to the Dr. Jazz Podcast, and you can subscribe and find us everywhere that you find your podcasts. SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. If you got a chance, if you get a chance and have some extra time, please feel free to write a review, uh, leave some feedback, um, say hi on SoundCloud, say the tracks that you like and the ones that you don't like. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we're also taking this time to kind of make sure that we get through all of the ideas for show submissions that um, you have suggested to us. Some of them are taking a little bit longer to research, so be patient with us. Um, we just don't try to throw anything and everything out there to you. We actually do take care in what we present to you, and we want to try and present the best rather than just, you know, be like a 21-year-old in their, you know, basement making a podcast about jazz so know that everything that you hear here is informed and with all intentionality because you got to take care of the music right otherwise how are we supposed to pass this on and you know get people hip to it so there you have it um but yeah you can find us on apple podcast soundcloud and stitcher also check out our website Dr. Jazz Podcast, D-R-J-A-Z-Z Podcast, all one word, dot wordpress.com. And you can find us on Twitter 
at NDHJazz. So join us, follow us, like us, write us, and most of all, thank you for listening. Here we go.
Mm-hmm. So we started off that set with a beautiful tune called Speak Easy. And that comes from Abercrombie's 1999 album, Open Land, on ECM Records, which features the organ trio that we alluded to and talked about earlier with Adam Nussbaum on the drums, Dan Wall on the keys, and John Abercrombie on the guitar. But it also features Mark Feltman, um, which you may have heard from this podcast on the Masada String Trio with John Zorn, Mark Feldman on violin, Kenny Wheeler on (coughs) the flugelhorn and trumpet, and the great saxophonist Joe Lovano on tenor. And then after that, um, we heard Interplay. Yes, that Interplay. That same Bill Evans interplay from the 1962 album Interplay, which Bill Evans recorded with Freddie Hubbard. And um, we heard (laughs) John Abercrombie's take on Interplay from the 2012 album Within a Song. And that features uh, John Abercrombie in a quartet setting with himself on guitar, Joe Lovano again on tenor saxophone, Drew Gress on bass, and the great Joey Barron on drums. Um, Yeah, I mean, and Joe, man, he is just playing with that rhythm and that melody. It's just so kid-like. It's just, it's wonderful. It's so spirited. And I wanted to put the two Lovano tracks back to back um, because they're really in different kind of uh, situations with Joey Barron and Drew Grass versus, um, you know, Dan Wall and Adam Nussbaum. So that's a complete different thing going on there. Uh, and then we ended the set with the gorgeous, gorgeous uh, composition, Sad Song. And that comes from the 2009 album wait till you see her which features uh, a different john abercrombie quartet john abercrombie on the guitar mark feldman on violin thomas morgan on the bass which you may know better uh, from the duo recordings of thomas morgan and bill frizzell and the great joey Barron on drums so um, yeah, and then sadly, you know, Abercrombie, John Abercrombie passed away in 2017 at the age of 72, um, but as we've been reminded recently by the great Sonny Rollins, you know, humanity and life are material things, and they don't live forever, but great art does live forever, so yeah. So hopefully you have dug this spotlight into the artistry of guitarist John Abercrombie. Please check out those uh, DVDs if you get a chance. And by all means, support this uh, artist, his family, the estate, for all the beautiful art that he has created. And um, support ECM Records as well as they are continuing to make great art 
great music every time you turn around. So, thank you again for listening. As we always end and conclude by saying, we do love you madly. Thank you for your support. Uh, And until next time, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Y'all be good now, because in jazz, we trust.